welcome to Respawning Fire, episode 171. I am Holden DePardo, who is the co-host of the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast, Rascal Idiots, did the other part first. I'm here with the coughing man himself. I'll say his name for him because he can't. Oh, can he speak now? No. He still can't speak. He still can't speak. His face is red. It's not usually that red. But his name is... Chad Michael in it. <laughs> there we go. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time from all of the world right now. Are you serious? Are you okay? You, you need some water? Do you step away for a second and get no, some water? I, I inhaled the water. I tried to make <laughs> slurpy sounds, but I don't slurp very often. And it turns out it's a, it's one of those you, lo- you don't use it, you lose it things. <laughs> Every Tuesday morning <clears throat> at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. Respawning Fire is R-E-S-P-A-W-N space A-I-M space F-I-R-E on YouTube. That's right. We've gone into the third dimension with 2D video and if you want to add the fourth dimension of time you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash affable idiots every Sunday night at 8 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Eastern like we're doing right now. Yeah, we've officially changed that. We just haven't changed it in the note. It's 8.30 (laughs) now. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Affable idiots which we'll tell you about later on in the episode we've got a lot to talk about we got the the nintendo partnership showcase thing whatever the hell that was our partner showcase the (gasps) xbox game showcase i know i totally forgot about it too and for some reason i said that before the xbox one but we're talking about both of them we're going to talk about how ubisoft just keeps slipping up and before we get to that though chad tell us about a ring fit adventure oh holden michael crichton depardo I played I played a few things this week for playtime. Ring Fit Adventure being one of them, and I, I mentioned that we're not really going to talk about it more on this show because we have our own Ring Fit show now. And by that, I mean it's just like something we're going to do like four times over the course of three months. But Monday morning, tomorrow morning, if you're listening to this right now, like everyone in the chat, or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, or four days ago, if you're listening to this on Friday, or seven days ago, if you're listening to it next Monday... <clears throat> Sorry, that water is still in my throat. (coughs) You can watch us and four more of your lifelong friends all talk about the journey we're about to go on together with Ring Fit Adventure. It's called Ring Fit with Raph. It's going live. Uh, We talk about all of our goals that we want to get out of this, why we chose Ring Ring Fit specifically, our history or lack thereof with fitness in general, uh, and we're going to be cheering each other on the whole way. We might release little like snippets of cool content along this along the way, but we're going to be checking in. This was our day one recording. We're going to come in at 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, hopefully show progress with numbers and pictures, whatever we decide we want to show. That's really cool. Go check that out right now. If you like Matt from Rhode Island, D. Smitty Games, The Trevor, or Campo 63. Those are Joel, Trevor, Matt, and Dallas. They are the other lifelong friends joining us on this journey. And I'm super excited. Second, I beat Ring... I mean, not Ring Fit. I beat Fable Anniversary. <coughs> God damn it. <coughs> I beat Fable Anniversary. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, it's our barf game. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and friends. We play one game every single month. Everyone in the community does. You write in your thoughts. Uh, Darby's not doing that <clears throat> like he promised he would, but all of you can. So do that. We're going to be recording that episode. I'm looking, trying to look into your eyes as we decide right now when we're recording that, but sometime this week. Sometime this week. <laughs> um, maybe, I don't know, Friday the 31st? That's Friday technically be the, the most time. 
you finished it, and it's like a relay race, right? Like you've passed the baton off to me <clears> to start <throat> it now, right? That's that's what this is about. Might not be Friday, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, send us in your thoughts. I know Alex usually sends them by email. Some people DM them. Some people tweet us. Some people say, hey, let me be on the show. If you want to talk about Fable Anniversary, come on over. And then finally, I'm just going to hold this cup here as a prop, like, um, like uh, Jack Donaghy. Finally, Pokemon Go Fest, Holden, was this weekend. If you're not familiar with Pokemon Go Fest, it's the thing that happened in Chicago for two years, and then it was going to be in... <clears throat> I don't remember where, but it was going to be somewhere else, like Pittsburgh or something like that. Some shitty place that's not Chicago. Hey, people live in Pittsburgh, Chad. Okay, monsters live in Pittsburgh. Uh, No, it was this weekend. It was a real fun time. I caught so many new things. I caught uh, a pink... What's the diamond and pearl? Starts with a P. It's a legendary. You're gonna ask me that question? I, I, I thought that was oh, no, you, was. you were the silver gold person. Uh, I bought, I got that one, and then there's like dia- dialysis Pokemon. That was the <laughs> diamond version. <laughs> I got one of those. <laughs> um, I got a I'm just shiny. Picturing, like you walk into like some house, there's the person who like owns that Pokemon and loves that Pokemon. And they're like, oh, this Pokemon helps me with my diabetes, and I could never have dialysis. Like, I could never live without dialysis. <laughs> And then, like, you go and talk to the dialysis machine. It just says dialysis, and like with an exclamation point, because that's all Pokemon do is just say their name. It's true. It's true. Unless but they're me. I imagine that it looks like. Um. So yeah, I played that. I got there. It, there was so much fun. You, first of all, you had to pay fifteen dollars to get in. <clears throat> it was a virtual event this time. Usually, though, they have it at like a location, and you pay fifteen dollars. It's on location, water, like cool team, little booths, and things like that. But this time, it was all online. Um, and. They had every single hour a different like feature set of Pokemon in there, different challenges. Like everyone had to throw a certain amount of great throws, and then like candy would rare candy would come out of gifts and shit like that. So I had an alarm set for the top of every hour. I walked for like three hours all over San Francisco yesterday, and then today it was all Team Rocket day. Team Rocket was going crazy, and you had a chance to catch a bunch of legendaries. It was it was fun. It was I caught a lot of really cool things, new Mons that I've never had before, some new legendaries whose names I don't remember. Um, I had a good old time. Loving that Pokemon Go. That's it. I did not play any Paper Mario. I did not play any Ghost. I do have Ghost downloaded. <laughs> uh, it is downloaded on my PS4. It is ret to go. Now that I've beat Fable, um, I might start that. I, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm like, do I continue and beat Paper Mario first? Do I play The Last of Us 2 again and Platinum it? Or do I play Ghost of Tsushima? And it looks like um, they, the people in the chat are saying, imagine still not playing Ghost, and then saying, imagine. So I'm really trying to imagine not playing Ghost. It looks like that's what they want me to do. So I'm going to stick with Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So hold on, but you did play that Paper was... Mario. Should I continue? Are you having fun with it? Do you like it, Kiero? Hey, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that was very good. Very good, Thank Chad. You. That was fun. Thank you. That was good. Um yeah, so I'm playing Paper Mario more some more. I'm um I just brought down the the second streamer. Okay. So not the that blue much one. farther. <clears throat> the blue one, yeah. Going to the yellow one now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I am starting to wonder how this gameplay can be dragged out for three more streamers and then a final kind of you know, home run stretch to get to the yeah. final boss. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm liking it a lot. I'm starting to question if I will beat it not because i don't like it but because i'm feeling a lot of pressure to play ghost of tsushima 
Um, from whom? Yeah, no, no one in particular. I uh, know literally everybody I know who like plays video games for the most part is either talking about it and won't stop raving about it, or is specifically telling me that I need to play it. So have I haven't heard, heard anything mom? besides. No, you haven't met my mom, great. have you? No, I haven't. No. Oh, well, she's not talking about Ghost of Tsushima. Well, I don't know her. So she only talks about Donkey Kongs. Well, I'm being hyperbolic, of course. I'm sure there's people on Twitter and stuff that are not talking about Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but the vast majority of people, I think, are um, playing right now. So I need to get on that. But Paper Mario, yeah, it's great. Definitely keep playing it. There's not really, it doesn't, hasn't evolved too much. There's some new characters you're kind of talking to now, which I'm enjoying. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of just been more of the same for the, for the last streamer, at least. The boss cool. battles are good, though. I'll say the boss battles are really good. Are cool. they? <clears throat> yeah, they're good boss battles. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised to see that, like, it's not just one boss per world. Like, you have the element, yeah. the velumental or whatever it is in the world as yeah. well. Like, that was that was good to see for me. Because if it was I just actually, five bosses total and that was the best part of the game? I actually had to use my one-up mushroom on one of the bosses. It actually, yeah. Wait, you have a one-up mushroom? What is that? Like, an extra life? Yeah. Son I, of a Katie Keurig. You might have it. It's right next to your health. There's a little one-up mushroom. But I got it very early in the game and just never, ever used it. But I ended up having to use it because I, I kind of messed up. Towards the end, I'm like, oh, I don't need to heal right now. I can just get him for this last hit. And then <gasps> after the last hit, he becomes something else. And then I'm like, shit. Mistake! So, so I could have made it without dying, but I just made a mistake. I didn't have the forethought. <clears throat> Dallas in the chat says, play fucking a goat. He wants you to fuck a goat for your next thing. No, I think he said play fucking ghost. But I okay, can't play that's ghost because Starcraft gonna, ghost has never been sense. released. How are you going to fuck something that doesn't have any kind of physical form? <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to be chilly. Speaking of doesn't exist, can we move on to the Ooh, V-good transition. Footage reportedly of unreleased Sucker Punch Stealth title Prophecy leaks online from Matt Wales at Eurogamer. The video in the article was taken out, but I, if you can just go to YouTube, it's very, very easy to find. Yeah. It's like a 10-minute video. Did you get it was a 11 to minutes, check it out? And I watched the whole thing. What would you think? It, it, for, that's, a, that's the second extra-long video that I watched today. The second one will come up. The first one will come up later. Um, this is not just like a, a normal like, hey, this game got canceled type leak and there's concept art and shit. This is a full 11 minute vertical slice like you would have seen shown off at like an E3 press conference. Yep. Yeah. It is fully finished, polished cutscenes that transition into gameplay. It is full fledged gameplay with prompts and animations and everything like that. And it is, it's like the Assassin's Creed that I want to play. It's exactly the thought that I had. <laughs> There's like cool, uh, like alchemy type shit where it's like iron bars, what? And he throws this powder on it and it goes, and they all like vaporize and you bust through it. And he does the same thing with like, uh, but so yeah, it's a stealthy game set in some kind of olden times. Uh, you steal something from, uh, I, can't, I can't remember what you steal, but you steal, you're on, the guards are now on the hunt for you. They know who you are. He goes like, oh, man, are you not scared? I'm going to cut off your hand. And he's like, oh, and he kind of makes him think, makes him think, I'm scared of fire. The guy puts his thing in the fire and he's like, good. Takes out this powder from his back. Pew! Ah, explosion. Scared you. Ha ha. Slip into a little gutter over here. Lost. Where am I? Secret stealthy. It looks fun. It's a shame <laughs> that it doesn't exist anymore. But apparently it was something that was in development just after Sucker Punch did Infamous Second Son. 
this was from 2015, it looks like, which is the year after that. Uh, but they quickly, I guess, transitioned over to Ghost of Tsushima, which apparently was the best decision in the world, according to everyone who's ever existed. So, this definitely, and I say this, in, it, it, this definitely felt like a, a continuation of their other game designs, with Infamous kind of focusing on a city and navigating that city. Like there's kind of a point at the end of the demo where it it pans up on the map and shows how you're basically going to be in this one city the the whole game um so i i feel like ghost was kind of that like horizon departure for them where they delved into territory they really haven't done before but it looks this looks really good i would like to see this come back i wouldn't mind seeing like a ps5 version of this it even kind of reminded me in some ways looking at the city uh like skyline and stuff and kind of some of the um the coloring that was used, it reminded me a lot of Order 1886 a little bit. Yeah, but like I but had that same with thought. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, with Assassin's Creed's a good call out as well. Um, yeah, it looks good. I it's actually also one of the most like compared to the Prince of Persia uh, leak that we got like a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, huge difference. This looks looks like a playable like game. So good stuff. Good for them. Yeah, this looks a hundred percent like something you would have got seen like hands on preview at E3. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. More rumors. Rumor, next PS5 event, State of Play, is set for August 6th. This comes from Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. The leaker is Roberto Serrano, um, who is also among... Roberto Serrano. When it's two hours next to each other, you gotta do that... Why do it when you could do it for yourself? Because it sounds so much better coming from you than it ever would for me. Roberto Serrano. We'll use his name one more time, and I'll have you say his name. So Roberto Serrano (laughs) (laughs) was also among those who leaked the uh, June 11th event, but he, he being Roberto Serrano, I expected so much more from you, Chad, (laughs) incorrectly (laughs) predicted the PS5's price and pre-order of Shadow Drop, which was supposed to happen last week or the week before, and that ended up not happening. So he's got some things right, he's gotten some things wrong. Well, he's predicting an event, which the events he has a good track record for. He's not yes. predicting another pre-order drop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. And, and word is that they have even more big game announcements that they withheld just for this mm-hmm. thing. I was like, what, what the fuck else can they show us without making me jizz in my eyes? God of War 2. <clears throat> God of War 2. Boom. Uncharted Golden Abyss 3. Imagine if they did Golden Abyss 2. That would be hilarious. Mm. Nathan Drake's coming back for one more Golden Abyss adventure. <laughs> exclusively on PS Vita. We're not even bringing it to PS5. Oh, yeah. This might be one of the strangest stories, this next one, that I've seen in a while. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War logo seemingly leaked by a Doritos bag promotion. Thank you, is Adam this... Bankers at IGN. This is weird. Is this weird? This is... I mean, I feel like every single year the Call of Duty title or logo leaks in a very like per- like wasn't there two years ago a wrestler for cod blops four like a wrestler walked out and he had the logo on his hat or something at an event and like i feel like they do this kind of thing every single year to like leak the name oh i wasn't aware of that i just i've never talked about doritos bags in the podcast before in the context of a video game leak so it just it feels weird to me we did talk about doritos locust tacos on the ring we, we with raf podcast and Sometimes we actually do talk about food. Like when we talk about the game Overcooked 5, which oh, is coming yeah. to PS5. O- Overcooked I 5. could kiss Overcooked you on the mouth for your transitions right now. 
<laughs> PS5 and Xbox Series X ports bundle the two games together. This is from Jenny Latta at Silicon, um, Silicon Era. It's going to be cr- uh, cross-platform for multiplayer, which is sweet. And it's going to have 4K 60 frames per second. So very nice. Hell yeah. I'm really... I'm First of all, both of those games are amazing. Second yeah. of all, the cross-platform and the multiplayer on both, because multiplayer was online multiplayer was not a part of the first one. Mm-hmm. Or was that flip-flopped? Was it... Oh, no, yeah, it's yeah, it's not one. part of the first one. Um, so that sounds like it's going to be great game night material. Although we did play it once, and I feel like I yelled at Cozy a lot. Like, because <laughs> I'm not good with dealing with, like, like when I get frustrated, I'm not good with, like, empathy and patience. <laughs> and that poor kid, I just, I feel like I yelled at him a lot. No, I feel that. When I, not with, not even with Cozy, but with um, my roommates back in Chicago, um, one roommate, I won't call them out, but one roommate was not very good at the game, and I let them know, and I was very direct We'll call them direct about Blady. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I can totally get that. It's something about that game that drives this competitive edge out in me, which... And I, I think it I wouldn't have like, been so bad if you and I hadn't already been so good at it together. Yeah. I think and then everyone else is just not as good. <laughs> we make a really good team in that game. And then you introduce more people, and it somehow it gets harder. <sighs> Lame. Lame. Spider-Man Miles Morales features an optional 4K 60 frames per second performance mode. Uh, this announcement comes from Insomniac themselves on Twitter. Um, but there's no mention of what the default mode entails. So is it going to be like 1440p, um, like 120 frames per second? Um, or is it going to have greater detail in, in the graphics and run at 30 frames per second? Like, what's that default actually going to look like? I don't know. I'm wondering if it's going to be a similar to what we're seeing kind of with Halo, spoilers for later. I wonder if it's like a, if you want ray tracing, it'll be 30 frames a second. If you want no ray tracing, yeah. we can bump it up to 60 just because of the processing power required. I wonder if yeah. that's what we're going to be seeing, that kind of thing. What would you opt for? Uh, I'm, I personally think that I would go the 30 frames per second mm-hmm. rather than 60. 60 feels really good for certain things. And then there are certain things that I want to play at a lower... Like, The Last of Us uh, Part 1, when it came out, the remastered edition, and you could suddenly do 60 frames a second. Like, that's not how I want to play that game. I want that game to feel more like a movie, so I want to play it at 30 frames a second. Whereas 60 is, yeah. like, the whole time it looks super smooth, but I am I am playing a video game right now. Whereas I feel like mm. that, just like how epic it feels and good it feels to swing through that city. I don't know. That's the thing, because then... Swinging could feel super fun and and fast paced in sixty frames a second. They could make it very. It'd be kind of weird to be variable, where like you're swinging at sixty and then you go to combat and it's not. That would be weird. But I think it felt really smooth thirty frames per second. It did when swinging that I I don't think that'd be a problem. I also think like with Spider Man, I think it's a good call out there with Spider Man. It's more of a more of a movie type game like The Last of Us. Right. You want it to feel more cinematic. So yeah, I can definitely see see that. I think I would also go for the 30 frames per second with like you know ray tracing that kind of stuff because i feel like i would appreciate that more than more pixels yeah yeah speaking of more sonic the hedgehog we're getting more of it you are just on fire and fuego as they say in espana (laughs) uh sonic the hedgehog 2 release date scheduled for april 2022 that's my brother's birth month april 8th that's not the date of my brother's birth (laughs) <laughs> but he can still see it for his birthday. Is it after or before? It is before his birthday. So yeah, his birthday is April 22nd. <gasps> 4-22-2022? That date will never happen again. 
No, it's four twos in there. Well, if you do 2022, that's five. If you do 2022, it's not. But if you do 22, 22, then it is four twos. Boom, boom. Magical. I'm really pumped for that. I, I, who knows if any of these movie dates are going to happen anytime in the future. It depends on how long the world keeps exploding and how long idiots in the United States choose to stop wearing masks. Uh, so if yeah. it comes out on the twenty, the eighth of twenty twenty two, great. If not, surprise. Everything's getting delayed. Everything got delayed kind of like Halo did. Moving on to the Microsoft Quest log. I don't know if they've said it's gotten delayed or not. I don't think they actually have. But it segued us into the conversation. Technically, when they that's first... <laughs> you're right. Technically, when they first revealed the Halo TV series, they didn't give it a date. So even though it's been, what, like 15 years, it hasn't <laughs> been delayed. It hasn't been delayed. Uh, so the Halo TV show is going, quote, very, very well, despite the COVID delays, says Mike Williams at US Gamer. In an interview, um, Pablo Schreiber, Schreiber? Schreiber, yeah, um, plays Master Chief in Showtime's Halo TV show, uh, which gave an update on the show's progress. He said, we're well into the shooting, we're well into shooting the first season, but we haven't completed but I don't know that Showtime wants me to talk too much about the details. Um, we're well into shooting the first season. And it's good. Did I just kind of paste it twice? I think I did. No, um, his but now quote is just really the same thing. <laughs> okay. I look, it literally, he said the exact same thing, and it's okay. Uh, well, we're well into, um, into shooting the first season, and it's going very, very well. But now, obviously, in the quarantine landscape, everything has changed, and we don't know when we're going back to work. We'll go back to work on Halo eventually, whenever uh, this thing settles down. We yeah. hadn't got an update on their progress before. We just kind of knew they were doing it. You're right. So it's In good fact, to know. I'm pretty sure there is there is a reminder that I have set up about whether or not the Halo TV show actually gets Ah. I have a reminder set for December 31st, 2021 to see if the Halo TV series actually ever came out. From we'll some other previous bet that we had made on this show. <laughs> the thing about that bet though is how much does COVID impact that bet? Like, it sounds like it's still happening, but if it's like delayed yeah, past that, it sounds that like it's still happening. Just like it sounds like the Uncharted movie's still happening. <laughs> well, no, it's not. They haven't shot anything of Uncharted, though. This, they're like mostly done. What if Tom Holland like? was literally just having delusions and like he's imagining himself getting cast <laughs> and all this shit and all of his news is not real at all? And Tom Holland <laughs> is like pretending that he's playing Nathan Drake. No, this is this is like the the movie version of that. Everything you just said, but like the company, the studio who's running it is like about to lose the rights or something like that. But they they know if Tom Holland can keep this going, they can maintain the rights. So they're encouraging right. his mental issues. That's a movie right there. That's that is. It's called Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. Completely unrelated, but that's the first movie that came to mind. <laughs> Speaking of unrelated, the PS5 pre-orders might be limited. Reddit user <gasps> discovers. This is the Sony Quest Log and the only item on the Quest Log. Uh, Reddit user K, um, Carvey, or <gasps> Kevin K Garvey. Kevin Garvey from The Leftovers. <gasps> oh, I haven't seen the leftovers Kevin. also confirmed by matt kim at ign found source code on playstation's website according to the code pre-orders direct from playstation will be limited to one console per household which also means like if you got a digital version you can't also get a physical version like one of the SKUs only um this doesn't apply to third-party retailers though it might maybe they might enforce it but i don't know if they will we have no word on that we only know about playstation's website I hope to God this is true, because if we've learned anything from COVID is that resellers have nothing better to do than sit in front of their computer and buy all the shit that you want. Mm -hmm. Ring Fit Adventure, anything else I'm sure, 
Switch. <laughs> Nintendo Switch. The PS4. You can't find a PS4 right now for less than like 500 bucks. That's ridiculous. It's, Who would spend $500 on the PS4 right now right? when in a few months you get a PS5? You'd be really desperate. Um, so I hope yeah, this is also, true. I, I think this is true, and I'm pretty sure they did this with the PS4. That you could only get one per household if you bought it from PlayStation's website. It's well with the right they to didn't do it. Have, and again, you couldn't buy it from PlayStation's website to like buy hardware is only yeah. like a year old. Oh, is it really? Oh. Yeah. I thought it was somebody had a stipulation you could only buy one. I guess I must be crazy. You um, are crazy. I'm crazy. I'm pulling a Tom Holland right here. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Although yeah, I, I am, I, I am probably going to buy it from PlayStation's website for a couple of reasons. One, if you buy it from Amazon, good luck getting it on day one. There are so many horror stories of like things not showing up on day one or getting canceled like a week beforehand for gaming stuff. But two, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, free express shipping. PlayStation.com. Oh. Yeah, it's a good reason. Yeah. I still think I want to do it in store because I always have this paranoia getting things online where it will ship on the day it launches and then you'll get it the next week. And I know that's crazy and irrational and it's not actually going to play out that way, but I just have that like that fear that it's going to happen. When so I ordered my PSVR from Best Buy, it shipped and I got it two days before release. I was one of the only people in the world, except for everyone else who ordered from Best Buy, I, who actually, got it. I, I remember that. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, I, I hope they do this just because the stock is going to be limited. It's going to be hard to get these things to begin with, even without COVID. I'm sure yep. COVID is going to make it even harder. Exactly. So and I'm, who knows if we're going to have... Uh, I'm sure they're going to come out in November-ish. People are going to be crazy again, looking at Black Friday, all this kind of stuff. And like we... Honestly, we'll probably have a resurgence, and all the shit's going to get shut down again anyway. And then you can't go to the store and pick it up, and everyone's going to throw yep. up in their eyes. <laughs> Here's my big hope for pre-orders. And this is kind of off topic, but I'm like praying this is the case. It'd be a nice little quality of life thing. I want it so when you pre-order this console, you can choose the games that you want to get for launch. So they are pre-installed on your PS5 digital when it arrives. That would be awesome i don't want to get a ps5 and be like i'm so excited to use it in five hours while this game downloads yeah. i'll have astrobot like whatever that i was gonna say yeah again. you can play around with astrobot and find about the, the dual sense and all that kind of shit yeah but i'd rather just I like wonder if that's part of the reason why whatever. they pre-installed that especially because they know that they're gonna have a digital only version and that some people Maybe. they will have to wait for a game to download yeah i don't know I don't know. And it's probably not going to happen that we're going to have games pre-installed outside of Astrobot. Yeah. But I would I would like it. No, you know how hard that would be <laughs> to coordinate pre-installing a game in the factory, sending it to the right location or the right yeah. third-party reseller to then send you the correct box that has your but game you, on it. If you do it through PlayStation it'd be easier, but it'd still be hard to like make sure that this PS5 that looks exactly the same as all the other PS5s right. has the files on it that yeah, it would be... I mean, I guess they could pull a Zoolander and just check inside the computer and see if the files are there. 100%. But that would be... You know, it might be a little difficult. Moving on to Nintendo Quest Log. Nintendo registers new, quote, Mario Sports trademark from Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. The trademarks were filed in Europe and Australia back in May. Here's the thing. This is a fetch quest, but it's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a big story um, have you ever played you, a nintendo like a mario sports game other I than mario tennis aces 
I've been dying for a Mario baseball game since the GameCube version for a long time. Mm, okay. And I don't know if this would include that or not, but I want that so bad. Mario Baseball and GameCube was my jam. I loved the shit out of that game. It was basic and simple and probably, you know, looking at it with rose-colored glasses, but I don't care. I want it. And this makes me think it's possible, but I do know that Mario Sports is technically different than Super Mario All-Stars, wherever it was called. Super um, Mario All-Stars was, was the cart on the cart one, was it? It was something stars. Anyway, the, the the GameCube baseball game was not called Mario Sports. Um, Mario Sports was something different on like Wii and and 3DS. But I still, I still hope this is what it is because I've wanted one for a while. And they haven't done it since Wii. So tell you what, Mario Strikers Charged is a little gem on the Wii. That's the the soccer game. That shit mm-hmm. was good. Uh, I never played it, but I I wanted to play that game. I want to play that game real bad. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So I want that to happen. The bigger Nintendo news this week, however, is this Nintendo Direct Mini that happened. Um, let's talk about the Direct Mini for a second, then we'll move on to the story. Um, okay. They, they announced some very, very important announcements, such as WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Chad, contain yourself. Contain yourself, Chad. Rogue Company. The Legend Let's of Zelda Cadence of Hyrule DLC, and then Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne um, HD Remaster, and then Shin Megami Tensei 5. Chad, what did you think of the first Direct Mini in a while and the first ever partner showcase? I didn't care about it, but I knew going into it that I wouldn't care about it because Nintendo properly set expectations. They announced yep. it literally like 10 hours in advance overnight. It was like 10 p.m. on the the West Coast whenever they announced it. Just after we recorded. Yeah. And then they said, hey, this is all our third-party partners. They even said on the Japanese Twitter, it's going to be about eight minutes long. So I, I properly set my expectations. I went into it and said, I don't care about any of this. And I said, but I'm also not disappointed. Yeah. It was eight minutes long. And like you said, they said expectations properly. I had, did not go into this at all expecting Super Mario Anniversary and all that stuff that's you know coming with it. Didn't expect any of that. I do think people are being too harsh on this one. Like I personally don't care about the announcements, but I have to recognize Shin Megami Tensei Five is a big deal to finally put a release in on that. That was shown off at one of the first Nintendo Switch like events. Really? It was shot up pretty. It was pretty shot up pretty early, like either E three launch year, or like the first event they did where they announced the launch date and all that. So like it was early. I don't remember the exact event, but it was it was very early, and people have been waiting for that game for a long time. So there's a huge swath of people who are super excited about this game, and I'm happy for them. So this event definitely, I don't think, was like a bust and nothing to show. They just showed things something that I think is more of a niche, but is a pretty large niche. It um, did remind me that I spent sixty dollars on Cadence of Hyrule and immediately regretted it. Sixty dollars? <laughs> or wait, how much was however much that game was, it was more money than I wanted to spend on it. Because oh. it, it was, was any like twenty five. I didn't play it past like fifteen minutes either, so it wasn't for me. Um, um so. Matt from Rhode Island, hold on. Speaking of of the the Mario Sports stuff we just mentioned ago, he said it could be another dumb Sonic Olympics thing. Like with Mario and like, especially because next year is the, like, the actual Olympics. Maybe 
but also Strikers was dope. That's seconded from Mar- Matt from RI. I don't want it to be Mario Olympics. It's oh, I don't want it to be Mario Olympics either. Matt, you're bringing everyone down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so here's the article now is expect more Nintendo Direct Mini partner showcases throughout 2020 uh, on the format of the partner um, showcase Steve Singer of Nintendo of America's he's Nintendo of America's senior VP of publisher and developer relations said the following with the new Nintendo Direct Mini partner showcase we are delighted to be a shining to be shining a spotlight on great games from our development and publishing partners with multiple showcases this year we can continue highlighting the breadth of games and the variety of experiences all types of players can get on Nintendo Switch. So it looks like this is kind of the, part of their new format. All right. I mean, that's that we we it was not an official announcement that they're not doing Nintendo Directs ever again, right? It was like a no, rumor thing the, or well, it was um it was comments from Furukawa, the CEO, or the uh, president of Nintendo of uh, Nintendo uh just Nintendo, Nintendo overall. And he was saying how they're looking at different ways of of announcing their content showing off their content so they didn't say like it's the end of directs but they just said they're trying out different things and in the meantime they have to they still have to appease third-party partners that they made deals with and saying hey we'll mm-hmm. promise you this much advertising in exchange for maybe exclusive content all the kind of stuff so i'm sure this is just like making good on those promises in the meantime until they figure out what's next mm-hmm. yeah i also think that this is, I think that just the smaller format of like, hey, we're going to talk about five games really quick. We're going to spend eight minutes on it, and that's all we're doing today. I think that's more likely to be where they're going as well, as opposed to like every September, every January, they have a kind of a 45-minute to an hour-long like Super Nintendo Direct event that has all this hype around it. I think they just kind of want to get away from that. I think that it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, there's a lot of really great publicity about it, but if the hype is too high and you can't match it, even though you felt like you matched it, your audience will burn you with a stake. So, do you think it was uh, it was Sakurai playing forty five minutes of that fucking Fire Emblem character that did it? <laughs> that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> like, fine, we get it. No one wants to watch this. <laughs> uh, that definitely was a turnoff for me. That's for sure. I can say that. <laughs> um, speaking of new directions, and hopefully, there's a new direction in this next story. So, uh, third-party quest like here, Ubisoft execs reportedly vetoed plans for Cassandra to be the sole hero of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, despite having a male and female protagonist in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the original plan from the developers and the creators of the game was to only feature Cassandra as the only protagonist. However, leads in the marketing department and the chief creative officer, Serge um, Hoskote, um, believed women don't sell. And that's in quotes. Women don't sell. Uh Fortunately, Surge is no longer with the company. Unfortunately, it's not for great reasons because this is kind of part of the um, sexual abuse and harassment kind of claims that were going through the company. Kind of just the toxic behavior towards women. He was ousted as a result of that. We're not sure the specific reason as to why he was ousted, but it was in that kind of series of events. So most likely for one of those reasons. Um, So he was against that. Cassandra, the female lead in Odyssey, is considered the canon story according to the creative director, Jonathan Dumont. So... Even though they couldn't get their way, they still did what they could with having Cassandra be the, the highlight character. But this is really tone deaf, I think, on, on their part. Yeah. I'm not surprised by this. It's, it sounds like it's... You know how at Ubisoft they said that they had like one team of people that's like the creative lead? It's like all games mm-hmm. at Ubisoft are all kind of controlled from a high level by this team. So this is the direction we're going. 
Yeah. And then recently they announced, well, we're actually kind of expanding and doing away with that system and doing something a little bit more robust and, and allowing for greater innovation. That sounds like that was these people telling everyone, mm-hmm. all right, no one make a game that stars a woman because we're a bunch of sexist, misogynistic pieces of shit. And it looks like, allegedly, these pieces of shit are being ousted as well and all the stuff that's been happening with Ubisoft in the last couple of weeks. But it also doesn't surprise me because this is the same company and the same franchise who a few years ago, I think it was with Assassin's Creed Unity, said, oh no, it doesn't star a woman because we can't. it's, it's too difficult to animate women. Like that's yeah. legitimately something that they said to do it or something like that. Like it was too much work yeah. to, to do it. Like, yeah. That's fucking bullshit, which mm-hmm. I'm sure that was the excuse that they said because they couldn't say, Oh yeah. Our chief creative officer said, uh, no, we're not going to have a woman on our game. And they couldn't just, just say that to the sell. press. So like, Oh, how do we make something up? Yeah. This is one of those weird things for me because I've always viewed the video game industry as a very progressive industry. I mean, we've, I th- I feel like we have an, have an, as an industry have gotten past some of these hurdles that other industries haven't. Like I feel like prominent female characters has kind of been maybe not a dominant thing in in the industry, but has been prevalent since like the eighties with Metroid, nineties with with um, Lara Croft. So like the idea that I can go that far back and that you can have hugely successful franchises around this idea of having a female lead and it still seemed to these people is that that wasn't a viable option it just seems weird to me especially nowadays in this past decade where gosh when you have aloy is a huge character tomb raider came (laughs) tomb raider came back i mean there's there's a list of of really prominent control great characters control ellie from last of us is probably the best character in games not even you know best female character just one of the best characters in games so it just seems very strange but again, like it's not surprising considering what they were just caught with recently that their culture would affect these kind of decisions. So things are changing, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Chad. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do an ad read? Yes. I a hundred percent already forgot though. Do we have a bet fest? Right here. What we is do. our bet fest? Are we our doing it right now? Our bet fest is going to be during Xbox Series X game. <gasps> that's right. That's stuff. right. That's right. Shut up, me. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you about Affable Idiots, everyone. It is the brand under which this product, Respawn Name Fire, and Ring Fit with Raph, which is coming out again tomorrow morning, a.k.a. the day before yesterday, a.k.a. five days before Saturday, a.k.a. seven days before Monday. Uh, that is also falling under there. A-A-W-Y, which is a really fun show that we just have a ton of fun on. All of that's under this one brand of Affable Idiots. We could use your support because we want to do not only this and the video stuff that you see now, but we want to do a lot more. But first, we need to know one that you give a shit about us and that's even worth doing. And you show that support by going to YouTube.com, searching for all of our shit, go to the description here, subscribe to us on there. That way we can get our vanity names, YouTube.com slash et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need some reviews on our podcast. I'm very happy to see that we are a five-star podcast. I'm a five-star man on all of our podcast on Apple services, which is great. And then I don't even look at anything else. We could go to Spotify, I'm sure, and it's great, five stars. But anyway, go to your podcast service, leave us a little review, a little righty right, and I don't know, make me a sexy haiku. Do that in there, and then I'll love it. And then finally, if you want to show us your support and you have money to burn, you can go to patreon.com slash fire. You can burn a dollar on us. You can get a couple of things. One, some dope wallpapers. All the wallpapers we've had in the last year and two months yours for just a dollar 
You can play online with us every Thursday night and game night. And Friday is not something I want to talk about right now. (laughs) (laughs) Use me Nintendo Night might be saying might be something different. Who knows? But it also allows you to vote on our barf game for the month. What is barf game? It's backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends. Oh my god, that sounds so great. What do you guys do? Oh, we all pick a game from our backlog that we should have played a long time ago or that we really want to play but never got around to, and we actually commit to playing it. And then we all talk about it at the end of the month. And you don't have to be a patron to play it. You just have to be a patron to vote on what we play. Oh my god, that's so You have to so be great. a patron. We'll go to your house, we'll slap the controller in your hand, and be like, You are not a patron. You cannot play Fable Anniversary with us this it's month. It's true. It's true. You can't do it. Uh so yes, we're playing Fable Anniversary this month. Next month in August, the poll is up right now. It is a tie, I believe, between Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and let me check it. Patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, this is one of the very few times that we've had an Assassin's Creed game on there. And I know that that um, Brent got a massive clue in his pants. Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Vanquish are both tied for first. And then Resident Evil 4 and Ape Out are also on the list. So go there, vote before July 31st. That is this Friday. Let us know what we're playing in August. That's it. Holden, let's move on to our main quest. The main quest this week is the Xbox game showcase that just occurred. Uh, Matty Myers at Polygon made a great... You had everything announced at the Xbox Series Showcase. What a game good showcase. name. Matty Myers. That sounds right? like a freaking Harry Potter professor. <laughs> It's like the under the um, uh, like apprentice to Professor McGonagall. She's gonna take over Transfiguration. Right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna go through the pre-show first, and we're actually gonna go through the games. I think we're just gonna talk about them one by one if we have any, anything to say. Some of these games have additional stories associated with them, so we'll talk about those as we come across. Chad, you watched the pre-show. The pre-show. I did. Apparently, had I actually didn't watch the pre-show. I just saw what was in this article here. Um. But I did watch the full show. Um. Just not the pre-show. Uh, so at the pre-show they had um, Balan Wonderworld, Dragon Quest Eleven S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. I thought the S was already the Definitive Edition, but I guess the Definitive Edition of the S is the <laughs> Definitive Edition. Um, Echo Generation was announced, uh, Exomecha was announced, and Hello Neighbor 2 was announced. Chad, you watch that pre-show. Any one of those stick out to you? Yeah, actually. Um, Echo Generation is something that I had never heard of before, and they showed off, and I was actually super into. I was like, that actually looks kind of cool. Exomecha looks like you're. It's like termin. It's you are a chrome kind of beast of some not beast, but like a. You almost look like a Terminator. And then there are also chrome dinosaurs and Megazords fighting on this crazy ass planet, ass planet. And it, I, it looks like it could be a ton of fun or a piece of shit, but it also looks kind of... It just has, like, a cool art design with, like, the shiniest chrome creatures. And then Hello Neighbor 2. I have never once looked at Hello Neighbor and cared anything about it. But Hello Neighbor 2, I watched that that um, trailer for it, and it actually kind of intrigued me. And it looked like it it's kind of terrifying. Like a, It's not, like, your traditional scary game, but, like... The guy who's breaking in your house and trying to kill you and shit like that looks weird enough. He's got, like, the weird, like, his his head is just a beak, like a bird beak. And he's, like, breaking shit and trying to hunt you down. And you're closing doors and he's trying to break through the doors and he's cutting it down. It looks like it could be a scary game. And I was like, why have I never looked at Hello Neighbor before? Probably because my, my three-year-old nephew at the time just would just shout, Oh, my God, let's play Hello Neighbor. But it was, like, some game he made up in the living room. 
And then I assumed that Hello Neighbor is a dumb kids game and not a real life adult video game. Anyway, <laughs> that looks fun. That was pre- and the pre-show actually was pretty good for this one. It was Jeff Keighley just hosting it with uh, a bunch of streamers and YouTubers, and they had discussions like, "What do you think we're going to see? What are you excited about?" And then they did show like game announcements and stuff like that through it. It was good. Cool. Then the main show started. And this is when I watched it, and it starts off with Halo Infinite. It does. It does start off with Halo Infinite. I kind of feel like, do we want to get into our impressions of Halo Infinite before we talk about the stories around this? Sure. Looking at Halo Infinite, they show it off, and they're like, all right, everything's building up to this. They've been teasing this event as, like, the Halo Infinite event. And they show it off. You see, like, all the shit. He's going across the world, and he's like, this looks, like, really bland. He's like... I'm looking at this, this, it does not look impressive. It is not, the hype that they've been building for this game does not look like the game that I'm looking at right now. Uh, So I was really kind of underwhelmed with it, looking at some of the stuff that was happening in the game. Like, there's some cool things like the grapple hook and shit like that, but outside of that, it just looked very samey as some of the first Halo entries in the franchise. And I was, granted, I haven't played those games since they came out. A trillion years ago but it, yeah it just doesn't look unique or interesting to me at all but apparently to halo fans this was like exactly what they wanted and it was a return to form it was something that like after halo 4 and 5 they were like i'm so glad we're finally going back to this old halo model and they were all for it but for me as someone who doesn't have like this really strong connection to the halo franchise i was like this does not get me excited yeah i felt the exact same way and I, I do want to spend time talking about the graphics. And to preface, I know graphics aren't the most important thing. The game itself, I think, looks like it could still be fun, especially when we start talking about some of the other stuff related to it, um, like how it's actually potentially open world or open level. It kind of set up, which sounds interesting. Um, yeah, the graphics are important because this was supposed to be the showcase for what the Series X was capable of. Uh, Phil Spencer had kind of talked about how you know, last week and we, we called him out and uh, ter- I feel like we look pretty good <laughs> with uh, how this good. aged. It feels supposed to be this whole claim that like cross-gen games aren't going to hold back Series X games. And the entire time we called bullshit on that last week. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, holy shit, this just looks like a, does it even look like a prettier version of an Xbox one game? It looks like an Xbox one game. At the at the most, it looks like an Xbox One game. Yeah, the textures were just either boring or not what I would expect, considering what what I've seen from PlayStation and what PS Five can can do. Looks infinitely better than than this. I was really taken aback by how poor it looked in those areas. There was popping, which I'm sorry, oh, yeah. this is running. This wasn't running on an Xbox Series X. This was running on a similarly specced PC, as they put it. But if it was similarly specced, I would include an SSD with a 2.4 you know gigabyte transfer speed as similarly specced. So I'm assuming it has that. I think it's fair to assume it has that in there if it's similarly specced. There's no excuse for for popping like like that we were seeing at this point. That's supposed to be one of the big things that we're not going to be seeing with SSDs. And I saw it here in it. It really kind of let me down. Whereas this didn't feel like a showcase for next gen. It felt like 
and we'll talk about this in the kind of large context of the event, it felt like a showcase for Game Pass and how you can just play this when it comes out, regardless of what you have. And isn't that awesome? I think the cross and hurt it. I also think that the fact that it's going to be going for open environment or open world, it's not. I, I'm not entirely clear if it's like open world with different regions you can jump to on the ring or whatever, but like there's open environments that's going to bring back what they can do or scale back what they can do with the graphics. Um, I was disappointed with that. Digital Foundry had a really good video explaining this, which is one of the other videos you watched today. That was, yeah, it was a much longer than three minutes. Yeah. Much longer than your three minute limit. Um, so yeah, sorry, let's, let's cut there and say, that's how we felt about it. When we watched it, here are a lot of excuses. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i, I want to start with the digital foundry video because i think they nailed it um really good explanations I, like those i like those guys a lot digital foundry found that um the footage looked less than next gen to most people because of the lighting tech used by using older probe lighting effects on objects similar to what we would see from last generation and featuring most of the new lighting uh that is highlighted in the series x featuring those in darker areas of the game made it seem like there's a lot less detail than there might have actually been. So it's possible, basically, that in in other environments, this might look a lot better. Um, I think, to go further than that, though, I think art direction is still a problem here as well, but I think that the lighting makes a ton of sense. Um, they In other Digital Foundry videos, they showed off, like, what, uh, Gears of War 5... Gears, yeah, Gears of uh, yeah, Gears Five. It's just Gears Five. What Gears Five looks like when it's upright to Series X, and there you actually can see a difference in how certain areas of the screen are actually darker because the light is supposed to come through naturally, as opposed to kind of being this evenly applied lighting everywhere. Um, right. So things can appear darker. That's why this looked darker and kind of lost some detail in it. So that 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 made sense. Um, the demo was captured off a similar specs PC. Already talked about that. Um, Can I mention one more thing about the Digital Foundry thing? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. There, so the the biggest thing that they were mentioning about this is that <laughs> the lighting techniques are what kind of held it back, especially when you're in areas with shadow. So, And like they said, most of the game that they showed was in shadow and not direct sunlight. And uh, they were talking about like why this can't look as good as The Last of Us 2 does. And they were one of the things that they mentioned was that The Last of Us 2 is this static world. And every single object that's placed in this world is lit a specific way. And if you change anything about that, it's a pain in the ass. Like if you move something, if you replace a, an object in that world with something else, it's a pain in the ass to go back and relight all of that. And they, one of the goals that this kind of makes sense with, with Halo Infinite, as we'll talk about in a second, is that like it's, it's a platform. It's going to be evolving. There's going to be added stuff to it. And so they chose a more dynamic way of processing that lighting in real time rather than baking it into the textures. And... Uh, one of the downsides of this is that it doesn't look as good as the static lighting that everyone worked so hard on The Last of Us to do, but it allows it to be more adaptive. So when they decide that they want to add something new, they don't have to go back and redo the entire world and the entire textures of everything they did, um, which supports it becoming a platform with things that are being added all the time. My hunch is, and kind of what I was getting from this video as well, is that the dynamic model offered with ray tracing that's coming later is going to completely undo all of the shittiness that we see right now. And all of this dynamic lighting is going to be able to happen in real time with actual ray tracing and make it look so much better on Series X. Unfortunately, they just didn't have that ready in time for this demo. And they unfortunately won't have it ready for launch either, it sounds like. They're going to have a separate patch coming later. Yeah. And this is also apparently a demo running from four months ago. Right, is what I'd heard. So it's it's also not the most current version. Um, 
the who is the guy? What's the guy's name? Alana Pierce interviewed him. Gary um, Greenberg. Uh Greenberg. Aaron Greenberg. Uh, who's the GM of marketing, I believe. He said that every week they get updates on kind of what that game is looking like, and it's getting better looking every single week. So right. that to, this is being four months ago, and then it's coming out on the holiday. There's time for this to improve, but it just, in terms of this being a showcase, it just, it it flopped as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's getting mocked pretty hardcore online. Not entirely des- deserved, but there's merit to it. Um more articles here. We have um, Alessandro uh, Barbosa from GameSpot. He has a quote here from 343 studio head Chris Lee. Halo Infinite is the start of our platform for the future. We want Infinite to grow over time versus going up to, up to these numbered titles and having all that segmentation that we had before. It's really about creating Halo Infinite as the start of the next 10 years for Halo and then building that as we go with our fans and community. Um the quote from the article, this quote from the article clarifies some details, but also raises more questions. Lee cautioned that Halo Infinite, this is a quote from the article, Lee cautioned that Halo Infinite won't be a live service title and follow the formats of games like Destiny 2. Instead, it's just adopting the format 343 Industries has been using with the Halo Master Chief Collection by collecting everything under one name. So this will be getting updates over time, including the ray tracing after launch, like you mentioned. Um, I'm kind of confused by that. What did you make of that chat it sounds to me like they're gonna go maybe the destiny route of things in terms of maybe having a big yearly content drop and an expansion that you pay for that's 46 however many dollars that you want to spend on it technical upgrades and things like that as well going forward but they are shying away from the destiny part where there's like it's a big shared world and everyone's gonna go fight public events together and like that shit's gonna happen i don't think that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. i think this will stay a single player slash multiplayer co-op experience it's not gonna be a shared world it's not gonna be massively multiplayer online but i think they are gonna use the destiny model of of the content drops the bigger expansions Mm -hmm. basically rather than fully numbered sequels yeah okay that makes sense that makes complete sense Oh, that's um, just my interpretation of it. So, no, I think I think you nailed it. I think it makes complete sense. Um, because I, that's the part that confused me was how this is going to be similar to how the Halo Master Chief Collection works. But I'm like, does that mean Halo Seven's going to just be included in Infinite? Like, I that really confused me. But that makes more sense. There's going to be expansions. Yeah. Like, so ba- it's just kind of my heads at now. So them kind of talking about this open world structure apparently originally was supposed to be the entire Halo was explorable and you can go everywhere on it, and they broke it down to specific regions, and they didn't talk about necessarily how you get to those different regions, but there's kind of different regions that are open-ended that you can explore um, on the ring. And they could add new rings, or new uh, kind of regions on that ring to explore, or they could add another, you know, Halo you're going to at some point. So I could kind of see how they can adapt um, from there. Um, but And I think that kind of gets, though, to my biggest issue with this. And something we kind of talked about is that this looks the same, and it's just kind of the same Halo thing again. They could have blown us away with Here's how open-ended it is. This is what it's like to go to a different region and shown us that part that makes this a very unique Halo game. And I feel like instead they just showed us look something that looks so similar to Halo Combat Evolved that it it didn't feel m- like a new direction enough. It felt like too much of a retro experience where it sounds like based on all the information we know around it from interviews and all that, that's not the case. It's not a retro thing. It's really trying to be that kind of spiritual successor where it takes yeah. a new direction. And I didn't get that sense from the demo. But again, for us who don't really care about the Halo franchise, that's how we felt. Apparently to anyone else who's a Halo hardcore fan, this was exactly everything they wanted to see. Yeah. 
So it all depends on the audience yeah. they were going for. I don't feel like that. W- like yeah. I feel like they were trying to rope people. Like this is their system seller. This is everything that everyone should be getting excited for. Yeah, but I mean, their goal though is to reach, and they've said this too, is to reach new and old fans. So old fans they got. I just don't think they've convinced the new fans. But because it's on Game Pass, which we'll talk about later on, I'm going to try it still. Why not? Now, we're going to take a 180-degree turn real quick, and I'm going to personally say that was the only bad part of the conference. The rest of this was hugely successful to me. The rest of this entire game showcase, mm-hmm. they nailed it. Microsoft, great. I agree. I feel largely this was definitely a worthwhile event, starting with As Dusk Falls, a huge highlight of the Xbox Series X event. Actually, I think you liked this one, so I won't be negative here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us why it, you liked I this mean, one? I mean, this is the one. This is the one with the art style, with like the like the actual hand drawn people, right? Three frames per second. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're just like <laughs> actually hand drawing, like oil painting style people in the world instead of like animating character models and things like that so it, it actually yeah. just has a cool art direction to it so it looks like it's gonna be a very narrative focused kind of experience i'm kind of pumped yeah yeah and this is one of the things where it doesn't speak to me at all i'm sure it speaks to someone such as chad michael ennis who's in front of me right now it's true uh the next game looks dope as fuck though and it's actually going to be a series x console exclusive series x console exclusive world premiere avowed which is the new rpg from obsidian who is so this will be a Microsoft first-party uh, game. Showed that off. It was a CG trailer, and then I think they showed a little bit of gameplay, like what gameplay looks like at the very end, kind of? It looks like, or is yeah. That CG, or is that just CG representing gameplay? I actually don't know. It looks good, though. Yeah. Here, I'm going to ask you a question here that I assume yeah. the answer is yes to. Anything that we saw that says Series X console exclusive, and it didn't have Xbox One on it, we yeah. can safely assume, especially if it's coming from a first-party, that that's not going to be for a couple of years, right? So this those is, games are at least two years out. You want, this is something I, I forgot to look up. Last week you had mentioned uh, Phil Spencer having the comment about like a couple years of all right. games being Xbox One. Um, I feel like so many of these games are Series X exclusives. They couldn't possibly be a few years before we see all these games. I don't know, man. I mean, from what we saw of Avowed, and this is the first time we see it, and and we saw such a little clip of gameplay just to basically show us it's an Elder Scrolls ripoff with some cool shit in it. I feel, knowing how long it takes to make and release an Elder Scrolls game, I feel like that, and Fable, how little we saw Fable, uh, you have listed next here, I feel like it's conceivable that those are multiple years away. Okay, consider this though. So, Obsidian releases a game almost every year. So they're a massive studio with tons of different teams working on things. We didn't even know about Grounded until this year, and it's already coming out this year. So I think it's very feasible this could be coming out within a year or two. Um, I, I don't think that's unrealistic. They have the release cadence to support that, unless they wanted to take extra time to on their first kind of first party exclusive game to really push it out. But if like Avowed and Fable are going to be two kind of fantasy RPGs, they probably would want them coming out that close together anyway. So one of these is going to be coming out sooner rather than later. And I think Obsidian has the track record to release sooner. Oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. And like Fable is, is being handled by Playground, who did yeah. Forza Horizons, who already just released a game. And we know mm-hmm. that, like, I guess it's two years ago now, Fable, uh, the asymmetrical multiplayer game, got canceled not too long ago. So like, it's, that's definitely much earlier in its development process. But again, yeah. it just all comes back to that Phil Spencer quote, where he's like, there's not going to be any exclusive games from Xbox for the next couple of years. Yeah. 
Interesting. Because there's a lot. Well, actually, I'll... At the end, I'll, I'll list out all of them because there were quite a few actually. So, Fable is another one. That's going to be a Series X console exclusive. They showed that off. I'm assuming that was a CG trailer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, that was just like a hey, Fable's real. We really don't really quite know the direction we're going with it. And, but it's just like it has the same humor of Fable. It's going ha- to have that same quirky fa- like fairy tale type stuff. Looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, next game is also a Series X console exclusive. This is Forza. Um, from uh, Andrew Reiner actually reported from Game Informer, he reported that it was going to be Series X, X exclusive. So currently, the game is in early development and will come as a Series X console uh, exclusive at launch. It will also feature new ways to connect players, but we don't really know what any of those new ways to connect are. Um, this really surprised me. First of all, it looks gorgeous. It looks really fucking insanely gorgeous. Yeah. As we said, like little car games they... are a great way to sell new graphics. Yeah, I personally thought it looked a lot better than Gran Turismo, but that's just my opinion. Um, just graphically speaking, I don't. I'm not going to play either of those games because I don't play simulation racers. I I'm not good enough at driving my own car, let alone <laughs> <laughs> simulations of super super fast sports cars. Um, I expected this to come out this year because they did a Forza game every year. Um, and there's not one coming out this year. Like, Last year they it, did like a Lego it every version. other year. No, because well, every other year, but they have a Horizon game to fill in the gap years. I feel like Horizon so was two years ago, wasn't it? The seasons? Well, that's the thing. Is the Last year was the first time they broke that ca- that release oh, cadence gotcha, with okay. the LEGO DLC. So I, I was like fully expecting to see something this year because like, oh, they kind of took last year off. Like Maybe they're doing something really robust with Series X. Actually, earlier in the year, I predicted it would be a Series X console exclusive, um, but at launch. So I was... I was only half right there, and not right on the part I was thought I'd be right off on, <laughs> considering how the the week uh, the year ended up going. Um, so yeah, this really surprised me that it's not coming at launch. The Gunk is the next game. Do it didn't do gunk? anything for me, but uh, a lot of people liked it. I thought it looked kind of cool. Uh, had an interesting art style to it. Um, looked fine. The next one, you yeah. love this next one. Uh, apparently a brand new game. This is Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, which is not anything to do with Fantasy Star Online 2. They will exist as two separate things. So this is Fantasy Star Online 2 2 and not 3? I don't know. But whatever it is, it looks dope as fuck, and I can't wait to play it. Can I wait? Fantasy Star Online, man, back on the Dreamcast days, that was one of the very first games you could plug in your 56K modem into your Dreamcast and play online with people, and it was so dope. Game rocks. Never played it before. That was also, they had Fantasy Star Online Episode 1 and 2 on the regular Xbox, and that was one of those first games that you needed an Xbox Live subscription to play online with people. And I, I got the game, but I like almost never played it because I was too scared to ask my mom at the time to pay a monthly fee for me to play online with people. Nowadays, <laughs> it's completely like it's completely regular. Like everyone pays for Xbox Live, or everyone pays for PlayStation Plus. But back then, it was such a new thing. <laughs> Speaking of new things, Stalker Two, which was a surprising announcement, was announced. Looks cool. Um, it looks very cool. Yeah. Uh, Soccer, 2, uh, Soccer 2's debut trailer was in-engine, but not representative of real gameplay. That comes from Matthew Olson at US Gamer. I checked out the official FAQ for myself, and they said... Excuse me, I, I wrote here. According to the game's official FAQ, it will be a Series X console exclusive. The FAQ also emphasizes Stalker's graphics in the trailer are what they are aiming to achieve and features actual game models. So they might 
scale things back for performance as they need to. But that was a pretty looking trailer, and I'm happy to hear that wasn't a CG trailer. That it yeah. will actually look something like that. Unlike the next game, which was a 100% a CG trailer, yep. State of Decay 3, which is also a Series X console exclusive, we're excited about the announcement that State of Decay 3 is in early pre-production, and we're looking forward to having more to share in the future. In the meantime, if you're new to the franchise and want to see what it's all about, State of Decay 2 is on sale across all platforms until July 29th. It's also um, on Game Pass. Early from the pre-production, <laughs> like that's that's like early, early, early production. Yeah, we basically they basically what they've done is they've made that trailer and they put a three on the logo and that's what they've done. Yeah, and they're like, all right, that looks like some people clapped during it. Let's make it. <laughs> Let's make it. <laughs> um, Matt was saying that's actually a fun game, so maybe I'll I'll give that a try. It's on Game Pass. Um, yeah. That's a trend. Everything Tetris we're Effect. talking about was on Game, pa- Game Pass. Everything. Tetris Effect Connected was announced. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. this is, Tetris Effect is that, that game that it was a, it was for a little bit PSVR exclusive, but you could also play it on PS4. But that was like the game that was supposed to like, it was transformative. And then I played the demo. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, if I like Tetris, I would never leave this game. And then to see <laughs> now that they have a multiplayer mode and you can all play on one big combined Tetris board. I was like, that... That's pretty dope if you like Tetris. Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide. Yeah, for the very first time, I found myself interested in a game, and they said it was a Warhammer game, and I was like, what? Do I have feelings for a Warhammer game? What is going on? (laughs) No, this looked really dope. I'm actually kind of into it. It looks dope. It's one of those things where I just have this fear, and having Warhammer in the title, uh, I think, heightens this. CG trailer, what does the actual gameplay look like? Yeah. Is this, is I, it it is a first-person shooter. It's a first-person shooter, but like that trailer looks really dope. And it always gets me scared when CG trailers look really dope. But I agree, it looked awesome. Crossfire X was shown off. That's from Remedy. This game is... is Yeah, so it's a Remedy game, but from what I understand, like the single player experience is a remedy game but the multiplayer i think is different and one of them is already out and one yeah. of them is on game pass but the isn't the other won't be i don't know it's it was so confusing because there was like the little subtitle in during the trailer it's like single player only experience will be accessible on game pass or maybe it was the other way around i don't know it's it looked fun i will certainly play it with people if the multiplayer thing is whichever one's free on game pass that's the one i'm going to play that's what i'm trying to say well, this will be on Game Pass as well, so... Yeah, but the the series... Uh, it said specifically either the single player or the multiplayer only will be on Game Pass. Like, one of those two oh, okay. parts of it will be. Oh, I zoned out for a second. I, I know, and then you just chugged the rest of that wine. <laughs> chugged it. <laughs> I was also looking at this comment here from Matt, who said State of Decay, woo! Also, Skate 4 marketing. It was 100% Skate 4 marketing. <laughs> yes. At least they put a trailer together, though. <laughs> That's true, yeah. At least they had something. They had something to show off that will maybe be indicative of gameplay who knows there might be zombie deers in it who knows we don't we don't know yet yep destiny 2 beyond light was also shown well they didn't show off beyond light we've already kind of seen that before but That's it's the coming to game pass coming down on stadia yes it's coming to game pass all the expansions are coming to game pass and because game pass is going to have uh x cloud support yeah guillotine it, i thought it included everything except for beyond light on game pass 
the headline here, Destiny 2 is heading to Game Pass in September, including Beyond Light and Pass Expansions. I know that's what the title of the article says, but I just don't believe it. Maybe September, when it comes out in September on Game Pass, it includes all the content, and then later when Beyond Light drops on November 10th? Yeah, probably that, yeah. Because uh, Beyond Light doesn't come out until November, right? Right. Oh my god. Destiny 2 and all of its expansions, including Beyond Light, coming to Game Pass. That's fucking huge. That's Here's even more thing. huge than I thought at first, which was already huge. Why would we continue playing on PlayStation at this point, besides trophies? Party chat. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Like cross progression. If I can play it, if I could, I can with XCloud coming to Game Pass. I could play it on my fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope that's as hell. In, that's insane. Yeah, so that's that's literally all I was going to use the free 1080p version of Stadia for to play the five dollar like forsaken expansion i bought for <laughs> beyond light or for um destiny 2 this is That's also huge. i th- yeah uh, we've already had really high opinions of game pass here this solidified game pass on a different level for me where it's like if destiny 2 which is a huge game is willing to put all of their content including the new content on game pass that says a lot. That says a lot about the viability of this model. This is not a decision that was made early on where Microsoft is like, we'll give you a billion dollars to get people to subscribe to Game Pass so then you can leave in three months. Like, right. This, I mean, who, maybe next year they won't do it forever, but like, still, that this proves the viability of the model. That this long into Game Pass, companies are willing to make this kind of choice and join the platform. That's really, really massive. Uh, I also think a big part of it might have been... Um, in terms of cloud gaming, Destiny's kind of been alongside Google with all this. That's the right, because it was kind of been for Stadia Pro Stadia. members. And because Stadia's faltered so much, I think Microsoft's like, hey, we have an opportunity to, to beat a dead horse while it's down, and I think we should take it. <laughs> because if we can get Destiny over on our end, that was the, one of the big draws of, of Google, is you get Stadia, you get the Pro membership, you get Destiny with it, you kind of have this big game to play already, but now you can get that on Xbox with all the expansions for $10 a month as opposed to having to buy the expansion. So even buying one expansion is f- like, what, three, four months? I just bought... So the, one thing I realized, this does not include the season pass. I wonder if the season pass is cross-gen without having to purchase it multiple times. But I just paid mm-hmm. 70 bucks for Beyond Light, but that included Beyond Light and four season passes with it, or three, yeah. four of them. But I think the regular expansion itself was like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even see the transition of Destiny. Like, Destiny 2 was a big advertising push with Sony at the start of the generation. Like, any Destiny 2 ad you saw, it ended with PS4. And, like, I didn't even see that transition as it went to Stadia and now to Xbox. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's been everywhere. It's going to be... What a slut. (laughs) Nintendo's next console is going to launch with, like, all the (laughs) Destiny, like, expansions and everything. No, not with a Nintendo online service. (laughs) Uh, next game is Everwild. This is hey. from Rare. This game is absolutely gorgeous. I couldn't... So, initially, I had this impression that it was an Xbox One game as well. And I was 
blown away. I'm like, how is this running on an Xbox One? That's amazing. And it's because it wasn't. It's also an Xbox Series X console exclusive. But I feel bad because I told my brothers, I'm like, I mean, do you guys check this trailer out? Doesn't this really gorgeous? Because it kind of reminded a little bit, a little bit of like Breath of the Wild. They like that art style a lot. So I'm like, look at this. You can put this in your Xbox whenever it comes because you guys have Game Pass. <laughs> I'm like, Those Oops, poor kids. sorry guys. <laughs> This was a. It's one of those things that I don't. I really quite don't know what it is yet. Like this is the second trailer we've seen of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I remembering? This is the one with like the you're a dude has a giant beast and he's helping you take down the trees yeah. and then there's like four of you doing whatever the fuck you guys do like Avatar: The Last Airbender or like Never Ending Story type beast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure what this gameplay looks like. Is it is it like a Sea of Thieves like you guys just run around and like cut down trees and raid villages kind of thing or is it like a survival type game is i, I don't know but it, it does look yeah. really good and it looks like from the trailer maybe it's a four-player experience yeah i can see it could be a multiplayer game especially since they kind of had that experience now with sea of thieves and sea of thieves has been pretty successful actually yeah um i don't know what kind of game it is but i love that art style so much i'm willing to overlook it it's also not a cg trailer which i really appreciate like that was in engine that's what it looks like and I'm just I'm so captivated captivated by the visuals that I'm like I don't care if it's a puzzle game, like Peggle, and that's just like in the background is just like that video yeah. playing. <laughs> I don't care. I want to see that. It looks great. It looks real nice. Next up, Grounded, which is hey! a game actually coming out next week. They just basically reminded us it's coming it. out. Yeah, this week. Yeah. Um, but they just re-reminded us this is a thing. Chad, do you have the intro for Summer Games Betfest? <gasps> oh, yeah. Welcome to Summer Games Betfest. Bet. Bet. That's right. The Summer Games Betfest, where we take bets on summer's best game fest. Summer, summer game fest. Summer, summer of gaming. The rest are best for bets. Bet. Bet. So this week for our Summer Games Betfest, we've done Metacritics before. We do Metacritic again for this game. What is the Metacritic score for the... I guess it's going to be actually the public beta of... Or the kind of I'm sure it'll get reviewed, for. though. It'll get reviewed still, yeah. Um, IGN does not shy away from reviewing betas. <laughs> They've done it many times. Um, what the, the Metacritic score is going to be for this game. We can do a 10-point range, and then we'll post a poll on Tuesday so you guys can put your input in as well. So I am saying this game is going to get... Oh, one more thing before we go time frame for the for the uh i assume this one will get reviewed enough like right at launch so it's gonna come come out on a thursday we're or on a tuesday and then we're gonna have our next podcast on sunday i feel like there's gonna be plenty of time for us to have seen reviews for it okay all right so we should know by next week is if there are online components to it though yeah and people will have plenty of time to play the online part Okay, we'll see. And it's All also, right. I feel like it's also a game that like is not going to stay in the conversation long. So like, we're not going to see people still reviewing it three weeks from now. Sure. Okay. Cool. So, your your ten point range. Ten point range. I'm going to say for this game, between a seven and an eight. This is a very interesting bet. Unprecedented because I 100 percent agree. I think it's going to be between seventy and eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Unprecedented. No president. But I'm going to make it interesting. I'm going to say 71 to 81. Ooh. Oh, we're allowed to do that? Sure. Why not? Oh, shit. Point range. How are we going to make a poll out of that with all of those different 
ability. <laughs> oh, the poll will just do between 60 and 70, 70 okay. and 80, 80, okay. 90, 90. Fine, I'm going to stick 70 and 80 then. I'm going to stick with that. The full right. 10 digit. <laughs> and by the way, that is going to be our game night game. So if you are a patron, patreon.com slash responding fire this week, we're going to play Grounded on Xbox with Game Pass. Whoop, whoop. Just then we saw the medium. Here. Yeah. The medium, it's a game that we've seen before, but this really sold me on it. And the fact that they have the dual reality, they have like this like fucked up world and then like the regular world that also looks a little fucked up and they're switching between them on the fly. Similar to what we saw like in Titanfall with the past version and the future version. And the fact that both of these dual realities are completely different enough, but still being rendered at exactly the same time is hugely impressive. And the fact that it looks as good, like visually, like graphically looks as good as it does blows my mind. So I'm very excited for the medium. Yeah, there's a uh, video now of what the gameplay is like, and it looks interesting. It's basically, you actually sometimes even have it side by side, where you see both at the same exact time. You're moving, the character is, you, you're basically controlling the same character in kind of two worlds, the real world and the spiritual world. So you move the joystick, and it moves both characters in the same exact layout of the environment, but a different world. It's it's very cool to see, and there's a lot of. It seems like kind of a lot of cool puzzles on. Excuse me, do something in the real world, and then see the impacts of that in the spirit world, and then kind of having puzzles based around that. But you can also do things like, um, in the real world, you can separate your body from your spirit, so that your spirit world self can move separately from your real world self, so you can accomplish different puzzles that way. Like, it, yeah, there's a lot of kind of nuts, kind of nuts of stuff in there that looks like it could be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting game. It kind of takes that yeah. like light world to dark dark world from like Zelda and Metroid and that kind of stuff, and and puts it in a whole new light. So I'm I'm curious to see that game. The Outer Worlds Peril of Gorgon was announced as DLC. Cool. Great. Excited for that. Psychonauts 2 had a gameplay trailer shown off, which has now been delayed to 2021. Was it a Psychonauts 2 trailer or was it a Jack Black trailer? <laughs> it was a Jack Black trailer. It was a Jack Black was trailer a song. saying, hey, remember when we released this Jack Black game from Double Fine? Well, we're still friends with him. And look, we're going to have him write a song or sing a song because he didn't write it. He even said, oh, who wrote the song? You're great. Yeah, it was it was a weird trailer for me, but also Psychonauts is not something that I've ever been really particularly interested in. But I've never played one before, so I don't really have any opinions on it. I have tons of opinions on our last game though here, and that is Tell Me Why. Why do I not remember this game? Because <laughs> it looked really boring. It oh, this really? is this game I thought was Life is Strange at first, and it turns oh, out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it looks just from like don't Life Nod. is Strange. Didn't they do Life is Strange? Yeah, it's that the same people sense. who did Life is Strange. Well, that makes sense then. <laughs> um, I don't have much to say about Tell Me Why. Do you? Yeah, me neither. Nope. Okay. Um, I think they, I think we kind of now have to talk about the Game Pass and how that I, that was kind of the highlight of the show. So here's, here's I've been doing a lot of thinking from the show. I watched the showcase, and I was a little down on it. And then mm. I spent a couple of days thinking about it, and I think that it was perfect. And I think that... Here's, here's my thesis, my hypothesis, and then thesis statement for, next, for whatever Xbox's next gen is. Um, I think Xbox is not into AAA gaming anymore. 
uh, triple uh, into making tri- like Xbox Game Studios are not trying to make the equivalent of Sony PlayStation first party exclusives. They're no longer trying that. I think Xbox is trying to sell Game Pass and putting a lot of really great looking games on it from Xbox Studios. And I think that that's their mission. Going forward, Xbox is Xbox Game Pass from Microsoft from a first party perspective. That's what they're selling you. The Xbox platform across all of these different devices with xCloud, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, all these different ways for PC to play a collection of really great games that you're going to be paying for the rest of your life. And I think from that, they were hugely successful. And I think after we saw all of this, I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm, and I think even in the, the group text thread that we have together, I think everyone was like, well, I know that I'm keeping Xp- or, uh, Game Pass now. Like this mm-hmm. all, it completely sold me on getting Game Pass or keeping it around. I think Xbox Series X is a console that Microsoft is putting out there for third parties. I think the console that they're releasing is not something that they're like, our games are going to run best on this console and they're going to be the reason why you buy this console. I think they are selling a console now. This is where my head is at. I think they are selling a console now to be the best way for you to play third-party games. So when you buy Assassin's Creed, when you buy uh, whatever the next EA fucking Madden is, like it will run and look best on Xbox Series X. It's the most powerful game. It has... It doesn't have the crazy SSD and the architecture that Sony has because that, as we've talked about, Sony's going to take advantage of from a first party, but third parties are going to have trouble really taking advantage of that because they have to be cross-platform. So I see the Series X as being super powerful, a good enough SSD to get you that same type of experience across both platforms, but it is really there to sell third-party games. And I think both of those things, Xbox Game Pass and a third-party console, a third-party game-playing console are kind of married to each other. Like, you you get someone saying, all right, what game console do I want? Oh, well, when I play Assassin's Creed, I know that I want it to look best, so I'll get the Series X. And then they start playing it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, while I'm here, there are a ton of other games on Game Pass, and I have, like, three months free because it was bundled with the console, or I have, I paid a dollar and got a whole month of it for free. Um and that dips them into the Xbox Game Pass ecosystem. And then suddenly they're like, oh, there's a lot of good shit here. They're buying into Microsoft shit. They bought the hardware for the third-party stuff, but then they find their way into the, the Xbox Series X, or so the Game Pass stuff. Stick with me. It also works from the other perspective, where someone gets into Xbox Game Pass. They see all of this stuff, and they're like, oh, really? I can get this on my Xbox One? I, I only have to pay mm-hmm. 150 200 bucks to get an Xbox One and play all of these really great, amazing games? That's amazing. Xbox Game Pass, that's amazing. And then they start to think, they start to get ingrained in that Xbox ecosystem. They're playing more things on their console. They're getting familiar with and used to that Xbox software and the way that it all runs, that they're now just playing on that console. Maybe they get more friends on that console. They start to prefer that. And then when it comes time to buy a third-party game, like that's something that's not on Game Pass, they start to think, oh, well, I'm already playing so much on my Xbox. I'm already invested in achievements or whatever it is. I'll go ahead and get that on my Xbox now. And then they find out, oh, well, if I bought the Series X, this will look even better. And so this, that's their way of getting people from Game Pass into hardware and playing more things and buying third-party games on their hardware. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that, that Microsoft is going. And there's a little bit of like messaging issues that they've had a little bit with the Series X and how it relates to like their vision for the future. But I truly think now that, that Microsoft's future is Game Pass. And that Series X is simply a piece of hardware that links you to that, that happens to be the best place to play all the third-party shit. Yeah, I that was a 100% lot of agree. 
Yeah, I, I agree with absolutely every little bit of it. You you can't beat Sony at their own game, so make your own game. And I think yeah. this is a really, really great way of, of doing that. I think that Game Pass is the glue that holds it all together. Because no matter where you come from, like, oh, I heard Assassin's Creed is, is really good, but I don't have a box. You can play it through xCloud. Like, you have options there. Um, that That is where they want to go. And it's... And this is kind of where it gets into Stadia is done because this is kind of what Stadia was trying to do is to have this idea of you can play this game anywhere you want to and it's available at any time, anywhere. And that's what we're offering is, you know, just games that you want whenever. Um, and Microsoft did that, but they're also saying, and when you play it on a TV, do you want to just stream it or do you want to have the best like possible local experience you can like they're making their their ecosystem so robust by having all these different options like it's so smart for for them to do but also just game pass is such an insanely good deal that there's no way a gamer would want to turn this down or doesn't at least consider it i can't imagine any gamer not considering game pass whether they get it or not and this is only going to grow um, it, to on the whole like AAA thing, like I think they're going to have AAA games, but it's not going to be like at that level of Naughty Dog, where they're like right. double, like quadruple A games. They're they're just something that's so pristine and and took eight years to make. Like Microsoft's not going to do that. I think like having Halo be this not a live service, but sounds like it could still be very much like a live service in a way about having ongoing content supports that Game Pass. Like hey, Halo's going to be having new stuff coming every single month, so keep that Game Pass subscription coming in and you'll get new stuff and then you start talking about it that way like the box doesn't even really matter and what i think in going to your whole like the messaging has been a little murky is that for the whole year they've been talking about this as if it was a new console generation but while also saying this isn't really a new console generation but look at this box like how amazing this box is it's right. got all this amazing hardware here's the controller they talked about it like a generation and now this is the first time that they're not talking about it like a generation like really truly not speaking on terms of buy this box during the holiday i think that's why they didn't talk about pricing and hardware and pre-orders coming out right now because that's not the point you already know how to play these games you can get them on game pass that that was the whole point of this and i think that just us as gamers and the hype and all that is is still centered around generations even though microsoft has been trying to tell us it's not the case for so long i think that's kind of part of the reason why there is some disappointment or some upset about this event because it seems pretty um, uh, p- polarized. Like if you're looking at yeah. Jeff Keighley's poll, like it, it, it's not. It, it's pretty close. A, B, C, and D are all very close to each other. Like it was. It was mixed. And I think a lot of that is this is the first time we've seen that change in direction in a serious way, where it doesn't feel like a generation. Um, yeah, it's very exciting to, to see this. Yeah. And for the first time, yeah. I feel like going into this winter, this holiday, Sony's success relies upon. PlayStation 5 hardware selling mm-hmm. and Microsoft yep. success does not. I feel like they could sell fewer than a million in that entire quarter of Series X and they don't care mm-hmm. because they got X amount of Series X or uh, X amount of Game Pass yep. subscribers or um, Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like for the first time in like console sales, it's not just something that they're not talking about anymore because they're losing. It's something they're not talking about anymore because it really doesn't fucking matter to Microsoft anymore. They're now playing their own they're they're almost pulling a Nintendo. Where they're like kind yeah. of going their own way, and they're going much more of a service-based thing, 
than a hardware-based thing like Sony is, but they're still providing a box for those that need it for like who want the best way to play a game. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's really kind of brilliant. And I'm I'm for the first time like, well, shit. Microsoft won't necessarily win because I honestly don't think they're fighting the same fight anymore. Yeah, but they I I am so sold on them being successful. Absolutely, and this is it's funny is that when we first started doing this podcast, I was like a Microsoft in gaming doomsayer, like it's done, like calculated <laughs> possibly, yeah. and it's it's they've really successfully turned the ship in a new direction. Excuse me, um, and I think it's also because they found their person. Xbox, the original, was run by Peter Moore, who many people know from EA games, EA Sports. He kind of worked with them, but he kind of led the Xbox initially at first, and then. Um, it was um uh what's the guy's Matrick is the guy's name Don Matrick Don Matrick yeah yeah he did the um the 360 and started the Xbox One and like they've kind of been trying to replicate Sony and now with Phil Spencer it feels like they actually have this direction that's wholly unique in their own which is is really cool um. That being said, you're still yeah. gonna have to go to Sony to have like the most like the pinnacle of video games. I still think are only going to be playable on PlayStation Five, like the absolute the SS- most. Yeah, with the SSD, the new like the yeah. amazing graphics technology that they're going to be able to take care of from a first party perspective with all of that. I still think mm-hmm. that's something like you have to own a PlayStation Five to do that. But for the best value and the like the best gaming experience outside of those, Xbox yeah. has got it. I think. I think they do, or at least for the first time, I could see them pulling ahead in that area. Yeah. Yeah. The consoles get really funny, actually. Well, PlayStation Five sold way more to consoles, yeah, but the digital sales for like whatever game for Microsoft was like so much. That's what the conversation is going to turn into, and a bunch of fanboys talking about different numbers that aren't actually related at all. Right, like when it comes to like teraflops and power and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Um. All right. We have a subscriber interrogative, but before we get to that, anything else you want to say about Microsoft? Nope. All right. So we have Dark Sage nine one one seven, who's talking to us on Twitch chat. He says, "I know in the RPG industry, The Witcher three is regarded as the gold standard in terms of world building, characters, and how to make a game. But I recall a time when Mass Effect two was the gold standard in the RPG industry in terms of world building, storytelling, among other things. I remember that time too. Good time." <laughs> My question is, which game had a bigger impact on the RPG industry, Mass Effect 2 or Witcher 3? And which game do you think is the one which other games should try to emulate? He adds, in my opinion, Mass Effect 2 was the culmination of everything the RPG industry was and should be. It took the entire genre and expanded on it and took major risks that paid off. And at that time, the world building and characters were some of the best in the field. I love The Witcher. Um, I love The Witcher, do not get me wrong, but I have a very hard time pu- putting it above Mass Effect 2 as the game of the RPG genre. Matt from I chimed in. He said, I actually haven't played either, but I've been really wanting to play Mass Effect. Should I play 1 before 2? Yes, you should absolutely play 1 before 2. Um, I have a differing opinion. I think you should play two with the little comic that makes you make the choices from one in about five minutes. <laughs> no. No. Blasphemy. Um, so Dark Sage seems to agree with, you, agree with you. Honestly, no, I think you should start with two and then play one and three. And I have never said that about any other franchise, but I would play two <laughs> first and then one, then three. No, if you're going to skip one, don't even play one. Just do two, three. Um, 
Chad, what do you to the question of story building and kind of uh, Witcher Three, Mass Effect Two? Mass Effect Two did an amazing, crazy thing, and uh, the Mass Effect franchise, really in general, where it really it it fleshed out all of these characters, gave you choices that at the time mattered, although people are kind of arguing over whether they actually mattered after you see the finale of three. Um, but like choices that matter that carry over from game to game, developed characters like. And really amazing side stories. Like, you could choose characters that could be with you the entire game. Some of them could die off. And then you can go and explore, especially with Mass Effect 2, you had the side characters' quests themselves to learn more about their backstory. And it wove that into the main story in such a, uh, a brilliant way. And that was the first time that we had really seen something that in-depth outside of, like, reading a bunch of text about a character. But actually in, like, acted out animated scenes with voice acting and all that kind of shit that was, that was really impactful. I think that was a huge leap forward in, in like the gold standard in RPGs at the time. I think of Witcher 3, which, spoiler alert, I've never played The Witcher 3, but I've watched Holden play the first few hours of The Witcher 3, and I've watched a ton of other people play The Witcher 3, and it just doesn't seem like my game. But I feel like the gold, the gold standard of Witcher 3 is open-world RPG versus just an RPG in general, because that was really the first one that made uh, RPGs in general... Oh, we just lost Holden. Holden has died. We're back. When Skype reset, it completely like reset all my preferences too. Like I had to go back and enable NDI so that we could bring it into OBS. Oh wow. All right, you ready to switch back over? Yep. Whoo! Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, we are back. Uh, just as we were speaking Microsoft's praises, Skype goes and just completely fucks us over. <laughs> um, but I feel like I said what I needed to say. I feel like Mass Effect 2, gold standard in RPGs and bringing like actual characters to life that you care about and making choices. And Witcher 3, gold standard in what in an open world RPG could be, how dense it could be with all of this kind of stuff and fun and, and huge. Holden, you wanted to say some things. Yeah, on, on the note of Witcher 3 and Mass Effect 2, I agree that the whole story focus versus open world focus and how they stand on their own legs there. Um, I haven't played Witcher 3, but I, I definitely got that impression as well. Um, Mass Effect 1. I I hear everyone. Everyone. I, I'm, I'm going to be the contrarian here. Everyone seems to say, skip Mass Effect 1. Here's my defense of Mass Effect 1. It introduces the world, I think, in a really great way. Uh, the story is is heavily integrated into understanding the world and setting you up for 2 and 3. And the 2 for me was so much better because I made the decisions in Mass Effect 1 while playing it. Where like there's a reporter you talk to in the second game and she responds to you differently based on how you talk to her in the first game. And I'd rather experience that in the context, and I and I would recommend experiencing that in the context of the game rather than like through that opening comic where you decide what what decisions to make. But specifically, and I want to avoid spoilers here, but there's a point, and everyone will know. Everyone will know what I'm talking about who's played the game. But if you haven't played the game, you won't know what I'm talking about. There's a point where you have to make a really important decision, and you have to react quickly. You can. And this isn't a conversation like situation. You have to react really quickly, and it results in you maybe killing one of your favorite characters in the game. And I played this game. Geez, when did Mass Effect come out? I must have been thirteen when I played it. Like thirteen, fourteen. I and now you're seventy three. 
in album 73 yeah i will never forget that moment because i i i was i made decisions up to that point in the game where i didn't have a choice i had to kill him i wasn't able to to make the choices to talk him out of doing the thing that he wanted and i can't go to spoilers specifics but like i had to kill him and playing mass effect 2 and that character not being in the game hit me really hard it's something i'll never forget in gaming and i just feel like playing one makes two so much better but everyone's right. The gameplay is clunkier in Mass Effect 1 compared to 2. It's, it's, it's not as refined. It's not as polished. But I really think it's worthwhile still. Dope. There you go. If, if someone's playing one and they're like five hours into it and they're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about Mass Effect, do you give them permission to go just skip to 2 and see if that tickles their fancy? Or do you yeah, say if it's finish game, one? Like, if, if they're going to give up on the trilogy... Because they're not into one, do you think that they should then move on to two instead? Yes, move on to two. If you're a few hours into Mass Effect one, um, and you're not liking the gameplay of it, definitely go to two. I would just remind people that it's an RPG, so it can it takes a little while to really get into it and to really so give it a chance. Like give it a really fair chance if you if you want to take that path. Um, but yeah, you can skip to two if you if you absolutely have to. But God, Mass Effect two is so good such a great game it is i got that platinum trophy mm. Ooh, nice. had to play through it twice once and then the second time i was like a lady sniper i was fem shep and i was uh i had to play it on like the hardest difficulty that shit was so good anyway that is it for our show we don't have a game on game show this week because i'm a forgetful monster but we do actually <laughs> have a short little news segment that holden proposed yeah. today that i think we're gonna go to um as you know we are currently not sponsored by HelloFresh. We talk about it a lot in the last couple of weeks, and it's provided some really delicious food, like some uh, barbecue pork burgers that I made last week that were maybe the best burgers I've ever had in my entire life. They're, I had those two. They yeah. were so good. But again, not sponsored by HelloFresh. Just good stuff. Hold on. What do you got up your sleeve right now? Well, we're also not sponsored <laughs> by HydroCell. <laughs> <laughs> I got this water bottle this week, and it's just insanely great. I really like it. I'm pretty sure it's a knockoff. What was it again? Hydro Hydro Flask. Hydro Flask. This is Hydro Cell. Hydro Flask. You have a Hydro Flask. Right here. Ah. It is a water bottle that has the straw option. Oh, but you can also shit. Get that is life-changing. It's life-changing. It also has the normal cap option if you want to. Okay. It keeps my drinks cold forever. I was really surprised by this. Shut the front door. I left it in my I left my water bottle in the car in summer heat for three hours. I come back and there's still ice cubes in it. Oh my god! It kept it really cold. That's insane. Really, it's insane. And the, then it so hydrocell will keep your shit cold even in the hot summer sun. Even in the, to hot the point summer where you sun. still have cubes of ice in it. It's still have cubes of ice in it. I can't imagine this. How do I get a hydrocell water bottle? They're available on Amazon in a multitude of colors. Oh shit! And Are they sizes. available in Kelly green and red? I actually don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but honestly, I've been really floored with the experience of this water bottle. I think this is something that if you want a good water bottle, definitely look into it. It's also sweat proof because it's insulated, so it doesn't right. actually so you can work God, out with no it and won't taint your juice. <laughs> and honestly, now that I have a sweat sweat proof water bottle, I can't imagine right having Set, to put my you don't water bottle about like setting coaster. it on a desk and then like a ring forming from all the condensations. Like yeah so good um if you're on amazon you go to buy it there's like an 18 24 ounce 32 40 ounce 
The 24-ounce will fit in a cup holder. The 32-ounce won't. I think that is important to note. I can't believe we're committing to this bit. <laughs> like, we're taking it so much further than I imagined we would at the beginning, and I don't know if this is great or whether people fucking hate it. Maybe that's what our poll should be this week. Did you buy a Hydrocell? <laughs> it's amazing you, you want them all. And then we can go to Hydrocell and be like, give us money. Look, people wanted to buy it based on our not sponsored by segment. Oh, man. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for introducing me to Hydrocell, that revolutionary new sweat-proof water bottle that keeps your drinks super cold in the summer times. Uh, that's it for our show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you on twitch.tv slash idiots. Uh, a couple of reminders. Barf for this month. You have one week left to complete Fable Anniversary. Send us your thoughts. Uh, it is very timely since we just saw the Fable announcement. If you are a patron at patreon.com slash fire, it is your duty. It is your civic duty to go there and vote for August's backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game, uh, which is going to be, from the looks of it right now, either Assassin's Creed Black Flag or whatever the other one I said earlier that I forgot about already. <laughs> um, so make sure you go vote there make your voice it's not Resident Evil 4 although it could be with your votes anyway that's the important thing go vote thank you all everyone oh and then go check out Ring, uh, Ring Fit with Raph on coming out tomorrow morning Monday morning the 27th uh, learn all about all your favorite friends what they're going to be doing over the next 30, 60, 90 days and our fitness journey together um, Trevor screams in it that will be part of the post that I put on, tw on Twitter and it just tickles my goat so go check that out uh, thank you everyone for listening. Until next week, here's our usual sign off. Fuck Skype, man. Skype really screwed our pooch today. Our dog is dead now. <laughs>